Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of trekking through compliance. His mission? To explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Trekking through compliance, episode 27, City on the Edge of Forever. Today we take up the most beloved episode in in Star Trek, the original series, City on the Edge of Forever, which aired on April 6, 1967, and occurred on Stardate 3134. After the Enterprise investigates ripples in time, which are the results of spatial disturbances, Sulu has a heart flutter after his control panel short circuits. Bones gives Sulu... Cordrazine, a mind-blowing drug at high doses, but a valuable cardiac medicine in small dosage. Sulu immediately recovers, but McCoy accidentally injects himself with the remainder of the cordrazine. Cordrazine in the hypo when the Enterprise passes through a particularly strong spatial disturbance. McCoy freaks out and becomes extremely paranoid, knocking out the transporter chief and beaming down the planet to the planet to escape the ship of murderers. The transporter has been locked in on the center of the time ripples, and when Kirk, Spock, and the landing party follow McCoy down, they discover 10,000-year-old ruins surrounding the annulus-shaped structure from which the time distortions are emanating. The structure talks with the landing party, identifying itself as the guardian of forever, and is apparently a time portal. Spock finds the crazed McCoy and nerve pinches him, but McCoy recovers and rushes through the portal before anyone can stop him. Communication with the Enterprise immediately ceases and the landing party concludes that McCoy's actions have changed the past, affecting the present. To return to the present to what it was, Spock and Kirk enter the time portal at a time shortly before McCoy did so that they may find McCoy and prevent him from changing history. They materialize in America during the 1930s Depression and are forced to steal clothes so as not to draw attention to themselves. When questioned by a policeman, Kirk explained Spock ears by claiming that Spock was caught in a mechanical rice picker as a child. After escaping and hiding in what they think is a deserted building, they meet Edith Keeler, who was played by Jones Collins, guiding light of the 21st Street mission. They agree to do odd jobs for her to obtain funds necessary for Spock to construct a mnemonic memory circuit to read the information in the tricorder and discover what historical events McCoy has changed. They discover that Keeler is the link, either dying in a traffic accident or meeting with the U.S. president. Unbeknownst to Kirk and Spock, Bones appears and is given shelter at Edith's mission. After his arrival, he accosts a man on the street and then falls down unconscious. The man then accidentally vaporizes himself with McCoy's phaser. McCoy recovers from the quarters on trip and tells Edith he is a chief medical officer on the USS Enterprise. Initially, he does not believe he is 1930s America, but he soon realizes that he is. After hours of careful work using primitive vacuum tube circuits, Spock discovers that McCoy, if not stopped, will prevent Keeler's death. Keeler will then found a peace movement which will delay the U.S. entry into World War II and allow Germany to develop the atom bomb and conquer the world. On his way to see a Clark Gable movie with Edith, Kirk lean, learns from Edith that McCoy is in town and immediately sees Bones across the street. Despite his love for Edith Keeler, Kirk holds Bones back to prevent him from saving Keeler as he crosses the street 
and as she crosses the street in front of a truck. The past is returned to what it has been. Kirk, Spock, and McCoy return to the planet of the Guardian where their landing party has been waiting, but only for a few seconds of real time. Communications with the Enterprise is restored, and the Guardian asks if anyone desires to make a journey in time. Kirk responds, let's get the hell out of here. Fun fact. Well, this is my personal favorite episode. I cannot watch it enough. Two of the greatest lines of all Star Trek, uh, in my mind, come out of this episode. From Spock, eat a killer must die. And then from Kirk, let's get the hell out of here. Um, but there's one other really interesting fact about this particular episode. It was credited to the uh, well-known and well-renowned science fiction writer Harlan Ellison. However, his uh, screenplay that he turned in was not the screenplay that was used for the episode. Nevertheless, Ellison was credited for the screenplay on this, and he uh, won a uh, Hugo Award for it. Uh, the eventual script was written on, worked on, rewritten by Gene Roddenberry, Dorothy, Dorothy or D.C. Fontana, and Bob Jessman, although none of them received credit. So what are the compliance takeaways from this episode? Uh, well, first of all, small accidents can lead to huge changes. The small accident, of course, was uh, McCoy injecting himself with cordrazine. But think about if you make a change in your compensation structure uh, designed to increase incentives, how that could have the negative consequences of leading a uh, salesman or salesperson or BD representative to conclude that the most important thing was uh, not following the FCPA or compliance program, but actually making uh, your sales quota. That's obviously what happened or one of the things that happened at Wells Fargo Eight is great became not only the catchphrase and in advertising internally for the number of accounts that customers had to sign up for, but it became the byword for uh, assessing employees going forward. Second of all, the um, screenplay issue demonstrates that you can accomplish a lot if you don't really worry about who receives credit. And I think that's extraordinarily important for a compliance professional to remember. That truism was originally said by Harry Truman. And if you're not too concerned about who gets credit within your organization, uh, you can get a lot accomplished by operationalizing your compliance program. And finally, uh, one of the most interesting uh, and, for me, fun parts is when Kirk challenges Spock to um, use the tricorder uh, to create a, a, a mnemonic tube or mnemonic system to read the tricorder. And uh, Kirk, or rather Spock, says, in this vacuum tube world, and Kirk then challenges Spock to do it. Uh, there are a lot of things you can do in your compliance program that you may not be uh, aware of. If you look for the tools that are available for you going forward, I think there's uh, quite a bit that's available to you. Sitting on the Edge of Forever was the penultimate-ish episode of the first season of Star Trek, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow where we conclude our first uh, year of Star Trek by looking at the episode Operation Annihilate. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.